maybe by turning left, you will find instead of, you know, going straight forward or turning right, maybe you will find exactly the things that your authentic self wants to explore next. Welcome to the Create from the Source podcast. I'm Katja Maria Slotte, and this is the show to help you align with your source so you can have a creative life and business that's authentic and thriving. This show is made for artists and creative, multi-passionate souls, musicians, singers, actors, songwriters, writers, dancers, creative entrepreneurs, and teachers of the creative and performing arts. So if you're a creative and you're done listening to your inner critic, to the starving artist narratives of the collective, and to what other people think an artist can or cannot do, and you want to find your own authentic voice in your art and in your artist's life, you want to get into flow and get your creative projects moving steadily forward toward your exciting vision and uplift your vibration to create miracles in your life, then you are in the right place. Hi guys, it's Katya and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so thrilled you are here and that you have taken the time and decided to, of all the things that you could do with your time, to listen to this podcast and this episode. It means the world to me and I'm so, so happy about it. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to dive into a topic that is super interesting and important. It's the topic of authenticity. And isn't that just one of the top things that an artist is looking for, really? And that topic also really aligns with that quest that we have when we want to create a life as an artist that is aligned. We are really looking for authenticity in also other areas than just the way it shows up in our music or in our songwriting or painting or photography or whatever artistic medium is yours. But before we dive into today's topic, I want to share a really exciting opportunity with you, especially if you're in that place right now where you are looking for more clarity or alignment in your artist life and work, or you want to get into more action and really move towards that vision. So not just think about your vision, but get your projects and plans moving forward. So if you're in that place right now where you want to move forward, but you don't know how, or you want to move forward, but you get sort of like overwhelmed with all the possibilities and the actions, like you know what you're supposed to do, but it just feels like this impossible task or mission to move toward because there's so much to do. And 
you don't know how to figure it all out and how to really make a map for yourself for that path. Or maybe you're in that place where you want to get more clarity about your artist voice, your unique you, which really relates to this topic of today, your authentic expression and your artist identity, or you feel blocked in any area. Maybe you feel blocked in your creating or in the sharing part of your artistic work. So maybe you create a lot, but you feel blocked when it comes to sharing your work. Whatever it is, I have a super exciting offer for you to help you get started on that path toward clarity, toward alignment, toward action, and toward creative flow. So to celebrate this podcast, I am giving away some free artist coaching sessions. Normally, this starter coaching session is 150 euros. But if you book yours now in May through the createfromthesource.com site, you can get your session completely for free. So here's how you can go and book your session. You go to createfromthesource.com and hit subscribe. That way you are subscribed to the multimedia blog where this podcast also lives, plus where you will have access to bonus content. And then on that site, you'll find a link that says artist coaching in the navigation menu, and that will lead you to all the info on how to book your free session. So I hope you take up on this offer and head on over to createfromthesource.com to subscribe and book your session. You can share this information with your artist friends and that way they can get some help and support too. I do have only a limited amount of these free starter sessions available. And these sessions are meant for those of you who have not yet previously worked together with me. So the starter session is all about getting clarity on how to get started. And if you are currently working together with me in a coaching program, we already have that clarity. Makes sense? But you can still subscribe and I would absolutely love that because when you subscribe, you'll help me grow this podcast and the blog and get this content to as many artists as possible so that as many artists as possible can start making big shifts in their lives. All right, let's dive into the topic of the day because I've got so many exciting things to cover with you. So today I want to dive into authenticity and specifically into some of the blocks to your authenticity. In other words, what is it that is keeping you from shining your unique light into your artistry, into your voice? And what is it that is keeping you from really 
being aligned with your authentic self in the way you live your artist life and in the way your artist business works. So how your artistry shows up and how your work shows up in the world. So this is a super interesting topic, an important one, and we can look at it from very many angles. Now, so often when it comes to authenticity and our search for authenticity, we are sort of like focusing on the feeling, like what feels authentic, don't we? But authenticity is not just a feeling. And I think it's very important to keep that in mind because authenticity is directly related to and has direct consequences on how your artist life, uh, what that looks like and how your artist work shows up in the world. So authenticity has direct consequences for your artist business. It's not just a feeling as in do I feel that I am authentic. And when it comes to your artistry, authenticity is related, of course, to your artistic medium. So if you are a singer, authenticity is related to your voice and your sound. But it's also related to things like your repertoire, your gig book, your set list, your portfolio, the way you profile yourself, your so-called brand, and the way you show up on social media, on your website, the copy that you make, the, the text that you write on your social media, your website, in your emails, all your communications, and the images you use when you communicate about yourself and your art, and so on, and so on. And authenticity also relates to being a teacher and coach. So many of you know that I always include teaching into the package of being an artist because I am a trained teacher myself. I'm a trained teacher from my background, a music teacher and a voice teacher. And a lot of the artists that I work with are also teaching. So they are voice teachers or they are teaching acting or songwriting piano, recorder, you name it. So I always include teaching into the package of being an artist. So authenticity also shows up in your voice as a teacher, in finding your unique voice as a teacher and in the way you teach in your offers and in your services that you create for your students, for your audience. Or maybe you have something of a signature system that you use in order to get to a specific result and achieve a specific transformation in the people that you work with. So that would be your signature system. So authenticity relates to those kind of things too. And as an artist, as a vocal performer, it's related closely to things like finding your signature sound. So the sound that everybody recognizes you by. So you see how authenticity really relates to so many more things than just the feeling of feeling authentic. 
And while I will use the word feel a lot when I talk about authenticity, I think it's important to remember that it goes beyond feeling so that it has got to do with these manifestations of that feeling, really. So let's look at how that word authentic and authenticity is defined. I like to look at words. So let's really go into what does the dictionary say about authenticity. So if you look up the word authentic in the dictionary, you will see definitions like of undisputed origin, genuine, made or done in the traditional or original way, or in a way that faithfully resembles an original. Authentic can be defined as based on facts, accurate or reliable. So with being authentic, with authenticity, we mean that something is real, it's genuine, it's being what it appears to be. Those are some of the definitions of being authentic and some synonyms to this could be being credible, convincing, legitimate, original, pure or reliable, true and trustworthy. So you see how authenticity can mean so many different things depending on from which angle we look at the word. It's not only about being unique, but it's also about being true and trustworthy so that the people who interact with you know, like, this is what we're getting. Like, there's no weirdness. There's no facade here going on. And that makes the people, the people you interact with, it makes it possible for them to relax and feel safe. And having said that, when it comes to facades, there is a slightly different angle to this when we are performing on stage because we need to have sort of like a stage personality available to us. But more about that later in another podcast. But thinking about that truthfulness and being trustworthy is also very good to keep in mind, I think, when we are examining um, authenticity and how it shows up in your own artist's life and in our work. And maybe you are thinking, if I am not being authentic, then it means I am being fake. And I want to make very clear right now that the opposite of being authentic does not mean that you are being fake. Like the reason to why I want to say this before we dive in any further is we are so often very harsh on ourselves when it comes to this whole quest of authenticity. And we are very, very harshly judging ourselves. And oftentimes we might be having that feeling like we're faking it or I'm fake or I'm an imposter. So I want to sort of like punch a hole into that belief right now, because if we are defining the opposite of being authentic as being fake, 
then we are basically just giving that inner critic voice permission to keep all of those stories alive that make us feel like imposters and keep up that feeling of having imposter syndrome. And we all know that that is leading to many artists being completely blocked in their work. And I also don't think it's healthy for us to be judging ourselves that harshly. And authenticity really is a conundrum because you are already being yourself, like you are being. So I would like to propose that when we think about authenticity and we work on becoming more authentic or aligning with more authenticity in our lives, that we see it as an experiment. So imagine having this compass or some kind of a authenticity meter that really you constantly are checking in on and experimenting with different things in your life and in your work and you're checking in on oh that felt more authentic to me or that did not feel that authentic to me. So let's not keep doing that. Let's change course and see what could bring me closer to feeling authentic. So now I'm talking about the feeling. Another way you can check in on where you are at on that authenticity scale is by checking in on the manifestations that take place in your life and in your career. So with manifestations, I really mean how your work shows up and what kind of opportunities align, what kind of, you know, people you're working with, what kind of shows you do, and so much more. So let's not be too harsh when we are learning this and when we are trying to figure out what is authentic because it's all really just one big experiment anyway. All right, so now I wanted to dive into a couple of things that are the obstacles, some obstacles that show up in our quest for authenticity or for leading an authentic life as an artist or finding that thing as an artist in your voice, in your music, in your performing, in finding out what is so uniquely you so that you can start shining a light on that. And those obstacles are now what I call the eclipses, kind of like lunar eclipses or solar eclipses when something is blocking the light. So let's have a look at eclipse number one. I have put mindset at the top of the list. And mindset is a very common obstacle that tends to show up for so many of us on our quest for authenticity. And mindset is a title, but under this title, it's really kind of like an umbrella for many, many things that are uh related to the mind. So under that umbrella of mindset, you can find things like fear-based thinking, limiting beliefs, 
all kinds of things that are related to inner critic voices, the ego mind. And also we find in that whole chapter of mindset, things that are related to patterns that we have learned from social conditioning and from the past, from having observed, you know, our parents and our role models and so on. We have picked up a lot of beliefs because our inner critic voices and the limiting beliefs that we hold on to are really products of this conditioning, you could say. So mindset is a huge thing. It's a big thing. That's why it's number one in my list of possible eclipses. So I want you to think about how this specific eclipse, the mindset and everything that is under that umbrella might show up in your artist life and in your work right now. What comes up for you? So it might, for instance, be stuff like something is keeping you from diving really deep into a specific style that is actually sort of like your superpower, but you don't go there. You don't really dive into it, but you keep doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you're kind of like spreading your artistry very thin um, over many different styles because there is a belief in you that says, if I really dive into this one style, I'm not going to make it as an artist because somebody has told you or you've seen some sort of like evidence around you in the world or the society or some teacher has told you that in order to be a successful artist or in order to be able to pay your bills as an artist you really have to be so versatile and do so many different things and that way you might actually be hindering yourself from really diving deep into your superpower and you Kind of like try to be many things instead of being the thing that would really, really allow you to shine. And of course, there is always the opposite. For some people, that versatility is their unique strength. So again, if you happen to be that person that has the strength of being able to take on different situations and, you know, you know a lot of musical styles because you studied so many or because you're interested in so many and you try to squeeze yourself into one box and follow one specific path because somebody told you that you can only be an artist if you are a specialist in one thing then equally you are setting yourself up for a miserable path. You're trying to be something who you are authentically not. Does that make sense? Now mindset, it might come up in all kinds of beliefs that we have about what it looks like to be an artist. So you might have this idea that you can only be an artist if you lead a specific lifestyle and you look at your own core values and your beliefs and they're not aligned with that lifestyle and that idea that you have and you think, okay, well, that's not going to work for me. I, I can't be an artist. So 
you see how if you are being pulled away from your authentic self like that, then you might actually not even go for your art completely. And we really hold on to so many collective beliefs and ideas about what it looks like to be an artist. Like there's so many stories about that. You'll hear the craziest things like people think that artists are poor or tortured and, you know, like it's so it's such a hard life to live when you are an artist or people think that artists are promiscuous or they are addicts or there there are the craziest ideas and beliefs about what an artist being an artist looks like and I know these things sound crazy when we mention them like this we all go like well that's not true like we know plenty of people who are artists who are very very much thriving and definitely not poor I mean just look it up there are artists who are millionaires we also know that there are artists who lead perfectly happy family lives and we know that there definitely is not true that all artists are addicts and so on. But still, these beliefs and these sort of like ideas about what it is like to be an artist, they prevail and they prevail in the collective consciousness. They affect our own mindset in the sneakiest ways. Sometimes we're not even aware of that we are holding on to a limiting belief about what it looks like to be an artist. And that might be the reason to why you are blocked in the first place or why you are feeling shame about your art or maybe even being scared. Like I'll tell you a true story from my life. When I was a teenager, I was into so many different things. I was expressing my creativity through different channels. And I went to piano lessons, flute lessons, singing lessons. I did choir practice. I went to theater practice. And I also was interested in spirituality. So I was actively participating in all of these, you know, like these youth meetings in the local church. And I loved it. I loved all of it, like singing in the gospel choir and thinking about the big spiritual questions and so on. But then there came a moment because I had also my high school graduation coming up and exams coming up. And I got the opportunity in that time also to be in a theater play. So I really just had to start making decisions about my time. And of course, I wanted to be in this theater play because I saw myself somehow taking the path of artistry after high school. And the thing that I had to drop at that time had to do with, I believe it was, I don't know, it was something of those things that I did in church. So I just didn't have time to go there. I went to the theater practice instead. And some of my friends in church ended up responding to my decision of choosing theater and that play 
over my meetings, my youth meetings at church in a way that actually ended up leaving a wound in me. And they told me that I was taking the wrong path and that I took the path that was sinful. And I didn't realize it when I when that happened to me, like when I was a teenager, but for years afterwards, that experience actually installed fear in me. Like I thought somewhere in my subconscious that I was going to hell, like I I was going to end up in hell because I was, um, you know, leading a sinful life by surrounding myself with artists And this sounds crazy. It's also a very sad story because it ended up in me taking a total distance from my spiritual path for many, many years. Um, I ended up kind of like abandoning that whole chapter. And then later I would find back and I would explore my spirituality in different places I went through, you know, learning about Buddhism and other world religions and the spiritual traditions that are linked to yoga and so much more. And then eventually I found back to my own spirituality. And that is a different story, I know. And we're gonna talk about it maybe in another future podcast. But I wanted to share this story with you in order to illustrate an example of how something that we pick up in our early years might result in a block, might result in us not exploring our authentic path. Because, you know, imagine having that feeling that you are somehow leading the wrong life is going to have a humongous impact on whether you are going to dare to fully go for your authentic life or not, or fully explore your authentic self through creativity and through the arts. Of course you're not. And I had to go through many years of healing that part in myself so that I could find back to... You know, having a relationship between me and God that was a personal relationship and not a relationship based in what I thought it would look like, based on what somebody else's interpretation of that relationship was. Because for me, my relationship with God is also about my creativity. So it was a sad story in many ways when it happened, but it also was the story that led me on my path of figuring out my authentic self and, you know, learning about all these different spiritual backgrounds. And that has been very enriching. And I do want to point out when I am sharing this story, as I'm sharing it now that I have healed that past wound and that I don't hold any grudge to anybody. And that is also a very important part in 
healing and moving on is the forgiveness. So that story is just one example of the many things that I also had to work through when it comes to that chapter of eclipses called mindset, that umbrella chapter. And it's just one example of the many ways that we can you know, hold on to stories that are believe that are beliefs based in experiences that we might have had, or a comment that might even have been innocent from somebody else. Like, like, it's not necessarily so that the person who makes a specific comment or, you know, says something to you that that person means bad with it. It might be that that person is just looking at the world through a different pair of eyes. Well, they are. (laughs) They don't have your eyes. They are looking at the world through another lens. And they might not be necessarily, you know, meaning any harm with that comment, But you might pick it up as something that is confusing you, scaring you or making you feel ashamed. And then that thought keeps lingering on in your subconscious. And some of these beliefs that we have are actually coming from the collective consciousness. Like a lot of people have had that thought or thought that thought or held a specific belief. And that is why we end up having that belief too. Like just think about how many times throughout history has an artist been portrayed as poor or, you know, somehow tortured. And those are images that we have, you know, seen, or stories that we've heard so many times. There's so many people who have maybe thought that thought, that we subconsciously become programmed to have similar thoughts and beliefs. Like we might not consciously think that we hold a belief that artists are poor, but subconsciously, we still might have that belief and it might show up in the way we make decisions in our artist life. In the way we work, in the way we deal with time, in the way we price our offers and services and products. So it's very important that we examine this big eclipse of mindset thoroughly because not only do we change our own mindset and heal our own past woundings, but by doing so, we actually can transform the collective consciousness. We can change it. If we start having other thoughts, we start thinking other thoughts and holding different beliefs about what it is like to be an artist, what is possible for an artist, then more people can start holding that belief too. If we embody that thought and that belief and we take actions that strengthen that image, that new belief, that new possibility. So 
it's important for the whole collective that we work on this big eclipse called mindset. And if we return to how mindset really affects the way you show up authentically in your artistry, then there might be beliefs that you have picked up about something related to your artistry or your medium, your artistic medium, that you have learned certain things through your training. So for example, maybe you are classically trained and you want to pursue another music style, like let's make it rock, a completely different world. And then because you are classically trained, there might be mindset around, for instance, voice use, like mindset around things like, oh, if I sing rock, then I will ruin my voice. Okay, so I'm not telling you that every single classical teacher in the world will tell you that singing rock will ruin your voice. But I'm putting this example out there because I've come across this in so many singers who have had training in one specific style. And through that training, subconsciously, they have picked up messages that another style would be harmful, either for their voice or for their even for their career, right? So other people's opinions have got a lot to do with influencing our own mindset. All right, <laughs> that is one part of the big eclipse called mindset. And we're going to do many, many more podcasts about all topics related to mindset, because it's one of the topics that I am mostly passionate about, Partly because I had to do so much training and shifting around my own mindset and my own beliefs. And partly because I see it as one of the top blocks that artists who I work with, who I coach, are having to deal with. All right, let's dive into the second thing, the second eclipse. So as a second obstacle to your authenticity, I have now put trying to be someone else or imitating others. However, when I say this, this one is again a conundrum. Okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper into this. Okay, so trying to be someone else or something else or imitating someone else or someone is, of course, an obstacle to being authentically you. But the thing is, we learn through imitation. So you need to imitate others in order to find your own voice as an artist. So you can't avoid imitation altogether because imitation is how we learn. Even a baby learns to speak by imitating sounds. So you need imitation. But sometimes we might get stuck in imitation and in that phase of imitating others. And that becomes a block, an eclipse to your own authenticity, to even finding it. 
And how do I know this? Well, again, I've seen it happen so many times and I've been there myself. I'm a person who went through years of trying to find my own voice by imitating others. That's what we all do. And there's nothing wrong with that because, like I said, we need this imitation you need to imitate others in order to grow your own vocabulary, right? So if you're a singer, you need to listen to other singers in order to grow your own vocabulary of what is possible. If you are a jazz player, you need to listen to other jazz players in order to grow your jazz vocabulary. So this relates to all forms of art. Because without imitation, we don't have any vocabulary. Without imitation, we don't know what is possible, how it is possible to use the elements of, for instance, if we are talking about music, how can you use different elements of music like dynamics or tempo and timing or sound color? Like what, what is even possible we need to imitate others in order to get input. Nobody is like born in a vacuum and just, you know, starting to express themselves without even ever hearing other people. It doesn't work that way. And same goes for finding your voice as a creative entrepreneur, as a teacher, and so on. So we always need that part where we are imitating others and learning and copying and observing. And then comes the point when what you have learned from others needs to be integrated in you and embodied and infused with your uniqueness your special sauce. That is what one of my own coaches and mentors who I've had for a long time, Tom Burke, he calls it finding your own special sauce. And I just love that because imagine just, you know, what is a sauce anyway? A sauce is a mix of many different ingredients and you are a mix of many different ingredients. You're a mix of your cultural background and the influences that you've had and the things that you have learned and the styles that you have studied and so on and so on. So you have access to your special sauce. You might just not know it yet and you might be stuck in that imitation phase where you are, you know, subconsciously trying to be somebody else. I don't think anybody consciously tries to be somebody else, although when we want to, you know, grow towards a specific vision, I do think that there's a lot of value in trying to embody the characteristics of people who already have been there. So you have role models. It's so important to us to have role models and try and embody their you know, traits and their characteristics and the way that they approach things, because that will help you grow into that new version of yourself. In fact, I just heard somewhere and learned that your brain and your body, it can't actually even create a future if you don't 
have an idea of what that might look like because we create everything based on you know, memory, brain memory and body memory and that feeling. So in order to get that feeling inside of your body and your brain that it is possible to become something else or, you know, move towards a specific vision and embody those traits and characteristics and the way of doing things, then you need role models too. You need to see that somebody else has you know, done that before you. So there's no reason to be afraid of imitation. And there's no reason to sort of like try to avoid it. I notice that sometimes artists tend to try to avoid imitation like the plague. And they really go like, I don't want to sound like somebody else. So I definitely don't want to imitate anybody. But in fact, you can learn a lot. And you can learn like skills also through imitating. So if you're a singer, try and imitate. Like I had a period in my singing life when I imitated sounds of specific singers and I really studied their, not just vocal technique, but they're also their timing and their phrasing and the way that they were interpreting music because it helped me to grow those skills in myself those technical skills. So one of the singers that I studied, for example, when it comes to finding like these mixy belting sounds in the high part of my voice was Eva Cassidy. And she's a fantastic singer. And studying Eva's repertoire and being like able to tap into the way that she was making sounds, it really helped me to unlock very many new sounds in my own voice that I wouldn't have had access to if I wouldn't have studied her and imitated, like imitated every single sound and trying to make exactly the same, you know, dynamic landscape and the sounds and the even like the riffs and the runs. Oh my goodness, they are amazing and I will never be Eva, but it was such a fun thing to do. So there's a lot of value in really studying somebody very closely and imitating everything they do. Really like trying to copy it really piece by piece by piece. But realizing that that is just one step of that whole process of finding your own authenticity. So not getting stuck in the imitation phase, right? The point here is that if you don't go through that integration process and really figure out what it is that makes you unique and what is your twist to doing this thing, then you're just going to get stuck in the imitation phase in that part of the process and then what's going to happen is you're just going to be like a watered down version of someone else. Now this sounds really horrible like who wants to be a watered down version of someone else right? So of course that's not what we want. So that is to say don't be afraid of imitating because we all need it. 
But I want you to think about like being aware of when might you be stuck in it and looking at different aspects of your own artist life. Ask yourself, am I stuck in an imitation box? Am I trying to consciously or subconsciously, you know, be somebody else? Am I stuck in that imitation phase? Maybe it's not even about, you know, your art and, for instance, like the way you sing or how you're branding yourself as a artist or teacher or whatever it is, but maybe that imitation shows up in life choices, in career choices. So sometimes without knowing it, we might be imitating somebody else's career path and we don't realize that that is not our own authentic path. So in trying to imitate somebody else's career path, we might actually set ourselves up for a lot of, you know, suffering even because we're trying so hard to achieve things that we think we should have since that other person has it. But it's not if it's not aligned with your own authentic self, it's never going to make sense to you, no matter how fancy it looks like on the outside or how no matter how good it sounds like on your CV. So I want you to really ask yourself, where might I be blocking my own authenticity by being stuck in imitation? And could I perhaps need to shine a bit more light on my own uniqueness, my own special sauce, like find out what my special sauce is so that I can use it and integrate what I have learned, you know, from all different angles and then be and then, you know, like that becomes you and that becomes what is authentically you. And might I perhaps need to dive a little bit deeper into what are my own values and what is truly meaningful to me when it comes to my life goals and career goals. Okay, so I want you to think about that and reflect on that because these are important, important questions when it comes to really, truly aligning with your own authenticity. Okay, so that was number two. Moving on to eclipse number three. So I think one of the big blocks that we have to finding authenticity is thinking that authenticity is something that is sort of like set in stone. And what I mean with this is so often when we are searching for authenticity, in our art, in our voice, in our playing, in our artistry, in our musicianship, in our creative life, our business, as teachers, and so on. So often, when we are on this quest, we sort of have like this expectation or impatience that we need to find it out. And then, you know, we need to have it figured out. But that is not how it works. 
And I know this is another conundrum, isn't it? Like there is actually nothing to sort of like, I need to figure it out once and for all. And then I can move on with my life being authentically me. Because remember, at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about how authenticity is really just one big experiment. And as I'm saying this, I have to think back to how I felt about, you know, being authentic and how I struggled in my own quest for authenticity when I was younger in my years of studying performing arts and constantly having like this struggle with the fact that, you know, when we are studying performing arts or when we are studying the creative arts, we so often get asked and told to look for more authenticity. Like we're being told to look for your thing and look for your own voice. And that can drive you crazy because you're sort of at that point, you're anyway trying to figure out, well, who am I and who am I as a person and who am I as an artist? And Approaching authenticity as something like, I got to figure out my thing. Uh, I got to figure it out now or else I can't continue. That might even become such a big block that you can't move on. I've seen this happen in so many artists. It's when that quest for authenticity becomes so obsessive that it becomes such a big obstacle that you don't even get any work out because you're constantly second guessing yourself and wondering like well am I now being authentic like is this my most authentic work right so authenticity is not something that is set in stone it's not something that is never gonna change there is nothing like such a thing that you can call like this is my most authentic work and after this there will never be any authentic work anymore right so we need to give up on all those beliefs all those ideas that there is something that you need to find that will somehow like define you for the rest of your life and before you have found that thing that you can't move on because you can't figure out anything unless you engage with it you can't find out who you are who you authentically are without engaging with yourself you can't find out about your creativity your art without engaging in it and making a bunch of stuff and then you know figuring out again using that authenticity meter that compass and figuring out by your feeling and by the things that manifest you're figuring out what you want more of and what you want less of. And then there's also the fact that we human beings have so many sides to us. 
Like, who is to say that if you discover one part of yourself and that feels authentic and that expression feels authentic to you and that's the kind of art that you do in your 20s, who is to say that you have to continue on that path for the rest of your life? Like, it's ridiculous. So let's stop being so obsessive about authenticity, (laughs) right? I have to think about Joni Mitchell, who is like one of my biggest role models. And I would love to have dinner with Joni Mitchell and talk about all these things. So I'm thinking about how Joni, during her career, made many different moves. Like she started as a folk singer and then, you know, she did rock She played with rock musicians and then she played with jazz musicians and she constantly was reinventing herself. It wasn't like she emerged as a folk singer and then it was like, okay, this is it. I have found my authentic self. Now I have to be a folk singer for the rest of my artistic career, right? And of course, sometimes people don't understand People think, because people love boxes, people think, well, you can't turn left if you once, you know, have been on this path. But maybe you do need to turn left. Maybe by turning left, you will find, instead of, you know, going straight forward or turning right, maybe you will find exactly the things that your authentic self wants to explore next. So if you're constantly trying to follow that one path of some, you know, version of your authentic self that you have once been, and you constantly try to follow that path because you think there is only one path, like I've figured out my thing and I I have to stay here, I have to stay here then you might end up being, you know, cut off from a bunch of information about what your authentic self wants to explore. So stop obsessing about finding your thing. And I really want to point this out, although that is something that we work on, like, In vocal coaching and artist coaching, a part of the work is about figuring out what is unique about you. But I just don't think that we should be obsessive about it. And I wish, I wish somebody would have told me this when I was a student. Because, and I want to say this to all the students out there in music university, performance, performing arts school and creative arts school, because I've also, I have also been a teacher in music university. And I have seen also um, from students, you know, that quest of like, I need to figure out my thing now, because, you know, I'm already in year three. And then if I didn't figure it out by year four, it's too late. (laughs) And I want to tell you this because I wish somebody would have told me when I was a student that there is no rush. You will find out so much about your own art 
and your artistry and your thing, you will find out so much about it still after those, you know, university years. And, you know, some people might find clues about what their thing is when they are in performing arts school or creative arts school, but others might not. So if you are that person who might need more time to figure out the clues to what might be your thing, your special sauce, then take your time. There's no need to stress out about that. And I know it's so frustrating. It can be so frustrating when everybody wants something from you, right? When you're studying and everybody wants to see what you know, what do you have to say about this thing? And what is your point of view and your angle? And, you know, and it can be it can be really, really frustrating, because you constantly have this feeling that you're trying to figure out what the expectations are from other people of you, like, it can be excruciating, actually, and not just for not just for students, like it can be also equally frustrating to try to fit and figure out constantly trying to fit something like an idea of what other people expect from you if you are a performer and if you're kind of like f trying to figure out what the next trend is and following those trends and trying to figure out like, I don't know, oh, I guess the industry wants this or that, right? That is one sure way of getting further away from your own authenticity. Because that way, you might even like squeeze yourself into situations where you accept work, or you start profiling parts of yourself as an artist, parts of yourself of you know your voice if you are a singer or your musicianship that maybe are not even your like your uniqueness like maybe they're not your bad parts but they're not the ones where you know where everything goes like wow right so if you have not figured out your special sauce your wow like what is the thing that wows both you and your audience? Then relax because you will find out what it is. You will eventually find out what it is. You just need to engage with it more. You need to engage with exploring your artistry, exploring your creativity, exploring the way it wants to express and then exploring all those different parts in you that eventually make your special sauce. So those are the three eclipses, the three possible obstacles that might show up for you on your quest toward authenticity, toward aligning with your own authenticity remembering that it is an experiment and remembering that it is never set in stone and we will continue 
exploring this topic in future podcasts. But for now, let's keep it at these three obstacles. And I would love for you to really dive in and think about how these obstacles might be showing up in your creative work and in your artist life and your career right now. And let me know about it. Let me know what obstacles you are dealing with. What do you need help with? What are the things that are holding you from exploring your authentic expression? And what are the obstacles that are, you know, showing up on that path of figuring out your uniqueness? So let me know. You can always reach out to me on Instagram. So you can send me a DM on Katya Maria Coaching or Create from the Source. The podcast also has an Instagram. Or you can subscribe to the createfromthesource.com multimedia blog where also this podcast lives and where you have access to bonus content because when you do you also get access to the community so yes there is a possibility to comment and have discussions and I would really really love to hear from you because that way I can create future podcasts that help you solve those obstacles and remember, there is this special offer now for May when you subscribe to createfromthesource.com and click on artist coaching, you can actually book a free artist coaching session. So I really am looking forward to seeing you in the session and diving into whatever it is that you need clarity on, that you need help with. Now let's do some takeaways from this episode. Number one, authenticity is not just a feeling. It relates to everything in your creative work and artist life. Number two, don't be too harsh on yourself when you're trying to figure out what's authentic to you and about you because it's all just one big experiment anyway. Number three, start paying attention to the stories and beliefs that you hold so you can start shifting the ones that are limiting you in your artist life or keeping you from expressing and exploring different parts of your authentic self. Number four, heal your past woundings and forgive the people who have caused you pain so you can move on in your life. Holding grudges creates negative energy that's blocking you from being fully free. Number five, we create the collective consciousness together. Your mindset work will help change the limiting collective stories and raise the vibration for those around you. Number six, we all learn through imitation, so don't be afraid of it. You need the imitation phase in order to find your own voice, grow your own vocabulary and develop your own style. Number seven, you have access to your special sauce, but you might not just know what that sauce is yet because you're stuck in the imitation phase. Number eight, if a career path is not aligned with your own authentic self, it's never going to make sense to you, no matter how good it looks like to the outside or on your CV. 
Number nine, you can't figure out anything without engaging with it. You have to make a lot of stuff in order to find out what your unique voice is. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you like this episode and if you like this podcast, then remember to tell your friends about it too. Tell them to subscribe. Tell them to go to createfromthesource.com and subscribe to the multimedia blog and join the conversation. All right, guys, that's it for today. And I'll be back soon.